Hello, and welcome to the Afcon podcast. I'm Rebecca Tripp, and on this podcast, we talk about education, immigration, and the law. Today's episode is a interview that I had with Marina Snyder, and she is a immigration consultant who I actually met through Ashton College. Her and I are both teachers at Ashton College, and we came together to help create one of the courses that they offer. Um, after working with her and chatting with her, I thought she would be a great addition to the applicant podcast. Um, so today is that that conversation with her. Um, so I really hope you enjoyed this episode, and here it is. Marina, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So why don't we um, start off with you quickly introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sounds good. So my name is Marina. I'm an immigration consultant. I'm based in Quebec, uh, in the interior of Quebec. I'm originally from Brazil, Italy, Portugal. It's a little bit of a long story. <laughs> and um, I was an international student myself in Victoria, BC, um, a million years ago. And um, here I am today. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I'm really excited to have this this chat with you because like you said, you do have a, a very interesting um, history leading up to where you are now. Mm -hmm. um, so we, before we dive into your career in law, I want to kind of go back to the beginning and talk about your education. Um, yeah. so when and how did you make the decision to become a immigration consultant? I didn't make the decision. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's a cliche, you know, immigration chose me. <laughs> um, what happened was I was living in Japan with my husband. We were teaching English at a private school there for kids. And um, I was just kind of in between things, wasn't too sure what I wanted to do when we came back to Canada. I knew I wanted to go back to school, study something new. Um, and I'm just browsing on, you know, UBC's website, seeing what, what they have there and came across the immigration practitioners program that they had back then. But I wasn't like, I wasn't aware of what the career was like this. It wasn't intentional. Mm. Um, it just kind of, um, just kind of fell on my lap and I started to understand. I knew I wanted to work with foreigners and immigrants and, um, just, you know, also because of my own experience mm. in immigration, but I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't start this saying, I want to become an immigration consultant. I don't think I even knew what immigration consultant was. Yeah. Um, and what it entailed, you know, the whole uh, regulatory process and everything. So I just say immigration life chose me. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And it, yeah, that, that makes sense. Cause you have the experience of being someone who has to yeah. do that yeah. process. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's how a lot of immigration consultants kind yeah. of find the profession is they're like, yeah. oh, well, I did it for myself. Yeah. Or I have experience. And it was horrible. It was right. horrible <laughs> doing it for myself with no information whatsoever. Like I remember it took, it took me a couple tries. I am, I immigrated through my husband. I was a, I was a sponsored spouse okay. and um, sure. The program was a little different than it was like, it just, there wasn't as much information. It wasn't, you know, I remember calling the, the call center almost every day, like on this question, on this form, how do I answer this? You know? And then I submitted one time, I think it was incomplete. And then it came back. All I know is it took me at least six months to wow. like complete my own application then. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah. And you know, in a way, 
Um, I wish I, at that point, I had had a consultant, mm. somebody helping me out through this process. But I, like I said, I didn't even know we existed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to work with immigrants, not necessarily in a legal profession. Fair, fair. So then you you ended up going to UBC. Yeah. You graduated, you passed yeah. the exam. Yeah. Um, and then you started your own business. So can yes. you tell us about your business and what kind of services yeah. you offer? So what happened was, so I was living in Japan, right? That's when I started my program taking classes at three in the morning there because of the time difference. Right. Um, and then by the time I came back to Canada, I was I was doing my studies and um, I eventually moved to Quebec. Mm. Um, so when I arrived in Quebec, I spoke no French and I, I had this like, you know, this program, what did I do? So I actually took my exam here in Quebec and it was like, okay, what am I going to do? I guess I have to start to working. Mm. <laughs> I have to jump in because I had no, I had no option. I, I lived in a small town. Um, I didn't speak any French, couldn't get a job um, anywhere else. My intention at first was to work for somebody mm-hmm. um, to be able to learn and, you know, kind of like an intern situation, but there was nobody here. Um, so I, I started, I, I started working just uh, with an agency based in Toronto that would send me some international students um and then also made contact with a company in Calgary that was also sending me some some clients but I kind of kind of just build from ground up like that um one by one client by client Mm -hmm. a lot of researching you know a lot of a lot of reading a lot of okay this this situation is new what do I do with this um and then I just you know started creating a network of uh, other consultants and and colleagues and learning learning the job mm-hmm. that's wonderful so what kind of services or I guess maybe applications yeah do you mostly work on now um I do a bit of everything um I do a lot of temporary residence um from ETAs to, you know, ETAs, visitor visas, work permits, study permits, restoration, extension. Um, like I said, I work with a lot of international students, mm-hmm. but I also do a lot of uh, economic immigration. So express entry, Bereska worker, Canadian experience class, provincial nomination. I do the Quebec skilled workers. Um what else would you do? I do a lot of spousal sponsorships. That's kind of like my little, my little, you know, it's in my heart because I was a sponsored spouse and it was so complicated for me then when I was, when I didn't have any knowledge. Yeah. So that's kind of my, yeah, that's kind of my forte. Um, citizenship. So I, I do pretty much everything except I'm not um, super into uh, humanitarian compassionate and refugees refugee applications yeah. I've done a bit of it um, but it's just not I'm just not uh, a big fan yeah. yeah I find and, I, and I'm the same way I don't take on HMC or, or refugee cases and I, I feel it's because it's just such a complicated um, it's subjective it's <laughs> subjective it's not um, it's not you know little box check little box check yeah. it, I I have a hard time with all the the subjective part of it and it just makes me personally anxious mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's already a moment in life when that person is so anxious they have it's so much at stake yeah I, I don't want to get in there 
I'm yeah. kind of in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure, and, and I feel like the same way. And I'm sure if I, if we put, you know, our resources and our time and our effort into like learning it, we could, yeah. but I think that's what those yeah. types of applications deserve yeah. is like, yeah someone that really almost like specializes. It's passionate about it. You got to be passionate about what you do. You got to love what you do. I have done it. I have learned it. Mm-hmm. Um, I succeeded at it, but it's, I'm not passionate about it. So I do what I like. You know, I love doing spousal sponsorships. I love it. I love watching the pictures and, you know, the marriages and everything. I'm a romantic. I love doing that. So that's, <laughs> that's what I like doing. I love that. Yeah. And and going back just for a moment, um, regarding the immigration consultant profession and you being yeah. in Quebec. Yeah. Um, so as an immigration consultant, you can be a representative for Cross Canada, but I believe there's a difference with Quebec. And I think you yeah. also have another license in yeah. Alberta, is it? Can you, can you talk yeah. just like a little bit about yeah. that? Yeah. So, I mean, as a consultant, uh, you know, licensed with the CICC, you can operate at the federal level from coast to coast but for Quebec specifically Quebec has its own immigration legislation which comes back from the uh, Accord Quebec Canada the the agreement between the federal government and the province yeah. so to become to be an immigration consultant in Quebec doing the provincial part of the files you have to have a specific license mm-hmm. um so you have, there is a, you know, the, it's called the Registre uh, Québécois de Constant Immigration. So it's almost like a separate license completely. You have to be, a, you have to be a licensed, a regulated Canadian immigration consultant to be able to obtain the Quebec license, gotcha. which basically consists of a whole new exam mm. of the Quebec uh, legislation. And then you maintain these two licenses in parallel. Um and uh, I also have a Saskatchewan license, um, but this one, it's just, it, it's just a formality, like Saskatchewan, uh, they have their own, it's, it's included in the um, recruitment, uh, foreign worker recruitment, something, something, they have a, they have an acronym for it. Um, but yeah, I think some provinces are starting to go that route, have mm. their own, um, their own licensees, you have to pay a fee. Um, so in Saskatchewan, for example, you have to have a bond, a security bond. Oh, okay. It's kind of like, yeah, so it's kind of like a for almost like an insurance um, that yeah. they, you know, you have to, in case you make a mistake or, so you have to, uh, uh, some people have to put either a deposit or you have a bond. So I, I just purchase a bond every year right. and renew my license there. But in Quebec, it's, you have to maintain registration with Quebec, pay professional fees, and that's how it goes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really interesting because I don't think a lot of immigration consultants know about these, like, extra licenses that you can oh, they're, uh, at immigration consultants who are like becoming immigration consultants like students yeah um it's not something that's like really talked about because our education no. is like federal right yeah. um yeah i find that because i did my education yeah sorry to cut you because i did my education in bc yeah i actually didn't find out that i needed a special license until i moved to quebec and i was studying for my exam <laughs> so i was like oh great 
because it's just not like you said it's not talked about and and the ipp program has changed a lot in this in the last few years yes. i did mine in 2014 so the curriculum was smaller then mm-hmm. and uh it was more limited like we did not talk about quebec at all yeah. at that point i think nowadays they do um and i don't know what what the graduate programs are now um at the university level uh, i'm sure they talk about it Mm-hmm. now but um yeah back then they did not so yeah, yeah no it's, it's very interesting it's very interesting so um you've worked on many applications through the years like you said you went to UBC back in 2014 um so what advice do you have for those who are looking to self-represent in in other words do their own applications and yeah. sit on their own I have no problem with people doing their own applications. I think the system is intended for people to be able to do it. I think the great majority, and if I'm not wrong, the like the the last statistics was like 85% of people do it on their own, something like that. Wow. Okay. So only yeah. If, if I'm not wrong, I I, I could be wrong, but um, the great majority of people um do their own applications, and the system is is intended for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are certain situations, um, and certain types of people that should not, yeah. um, if you're totally comfortable with what you're doing, if you're reading the guidelines, if you're taking your time, like I said, it took me freaking six months mm-hmm. to do my own application. And I, I had to do try a second time because I forgot a signature. So the package came back, everything was by mail then. So, you know, it was different, but um yeah I think if a person is looking to self-represent they got to make sure that they're comfortable with the application that they're reading the entirety of the guideline um they're really like reading the document checklist just taking their time with it Mm -hmm. because the problem is a lot of people just they just do it quickly they don't take the time Um, like I said I used to call every day the call center nowadays the call center is less successful but I used to call them every day to ask like oh on this form I'm not sure how to answer this um so they just have to take their time it is totally possible and if they're stuck at some point it's okay to ask for help Mm -hmm. don't bite um I think unfortunately our profession has been um the image of the profession has been damaged a lot, especially in the media, because of people who are um, dishonest and just, you know, have bad intentions. But the great majority of us work well and work really hard and have good intentions. Mm-hmm. So um, just look somebody, yeah, just look for somebody that has been, you know, well recommended and um if you don't feel confident with that person you don't have to continue working with them Mm -hmm. that's really yeah yeah Yeah. and I feel like self-representation like you're saying it is possible like the system is almost created so that way people can self-represent but there's just certain cases and certain situations where why not reach out for help right especially if you're playing with like maintain status or if you want to leave Canada but you want to apply in Canada like sometimes cases just get so complicated yeah even professionals that work in this (laughs) in this industry have to kind of think twice do some research call and you know so I think it's it's okay to say look like I need some help yeah and um 
and, and go from there. It, you're, yeah. you're exactly right. We don't bite. <laughs> we yeah, are- I was talking to a client last week on the phone. He's an electrician and he's like highly specialized red seal electrician. And uh, I'm working on um, his uh, spousal sponsorship. And somebody that he knows turned to him and like, why are you not doing that yourself? It's so easy. Just do it yourself. And he's like, well, when you're building a house, do you call a specialized electrician or you just do it yourself and then your house catches fire? So he was like, you know, I'm I'm hiring somebody who has spent so much time on it, on this kinds of things that she can do it in 30 seconds. You hire me. I can, I can do the electrical wiring of your house in 30 seconds because I'm specialized in it. If you do it yourself, your house is likely going to burn. Um, So I like that, you know, I like that imaging that he gave, like, that's what we do every day. You do your taxes, you go look for an accountant. You can do your taxes by yourself. I do my taxes by myself, but I I have a limit, you know, to a certain extent, then I call my accountant and I go, hang hang on, I've done this much. Can you carry the rest of it? Um, I think it's the same thing. You know, we're there for that. That's, that's our job. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you make another really good point regarding time. I, I think a lot of clients sometimes think that, oh, oh, it won't take me much time to pull this together on my yeah. own. But once they get into it, it's like, oh my God, this is taking a lot of time to get the forms, get the documents together. Yeah. And I find sometimes people reach out because they're like, I don't have any more time to give to this yeah. application. Like I need yeah. someone to take it over because they could do it on their own, but it might take, yeah. a, you know, up to six months where six if you- months and then it, it comes back. Yeah. yeah it's. It, it's unfortunate. I do see a lot of clients that have tried to do it on their own. Mm -hmm. And then they, you know, they submitted their application, they finally were invited through express entry, they are so happy they do their application, and then they, it it comes back, because they forgot a document, and then this whole thing has been lost. Right. And then you have to start from zero, you have to get a new score, get a new invitation to apply. So there's a lot of time lost. Mm-hmm. I could have had my application much sooner than six months, mm-hmm. right? And and not have gone through the stress. It was stressful. Yeah. Very stressful. Now it's like water under the bridge. I don't think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I wish I had had someone to help me then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and now you know, right? Like it's, it's sometimes it's it's a learning experience. Now you know. <laughs> <laughs> so- exactly. Um, if an individual does decide to hire an immigration consultant or an immigration lawyer, um, what advice can you give them about working with a representative? Yeah. Um, so first know who you're hiring, Mm -hmm. make sure that this person has an active license, you know, that they're not just someone that you met from this person and that person and that works at a travel agency or at a school no no make sure this person has a license Mm -hmm. take responsibility for who you're hiring don't Mm -hmm. just blame the other person oh but I hired this person and she promised she was gonna do no 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 you're responsible for your own application Um, and any responsible representative should tell you that you're responsible for the information that is being put in there my job is to make sure that it's clean and accurate and complete yeah. but you're responsible for your own application and um also that you're honest with your representative that you're open that you're flexible that you're you know 
Um, you understand what the job of the representative is. A lot of people out there have these expectations that, you know, you're just dumping. Here is here it is. You take care of it, mm -hmm. you know, and you really you're dumping your your whole life on mm -hmm. somebody's lap and hoping that, you know, oh, just because I'm paying. It's not just because you're paying that, you know, it's it's not our lives. It's your life. So make sure that you have clear communication. If you have questions, you ask your representative. And then I have people, for example, they have hired somebody to do their application, but then they're coming to me to ask questions. And I go like, why are you not asking your own representative? Yeah. yeah. Oh, because they, they, they are not, they don't take the time or, or their consultation costs a lot of time. Or, I don't know, whatever their motives are. It's like, ask them. They know your context. I don't know your context. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. all really good advice. And to kind of piggyback off of what you're saying, um, I think clear communication with your representative is key. And mm -hmm. when I say clear communication, I mean like telling them the truth, the yeah. whole, whole truth. Yeah. Because we're here to help you. Like we're here yeah. to say, okay, like that is a bit of a speed bump in your situation, but like, let's work through it together. Yeah, yeah. And we can't do that if we, we don't know. And, and sooner yeah. or later things will pop up. Um, mm -hmm. like we will find out if an application has been refused before we will find out, yeah. um, you know, various things that could impact your application. So it's better to just know sooner rather than later. Yeah. Or even the little things, you know, sometimes people don't tell us things, not, not because of bad faith. They just, they don't think it's relevant. Yeah. Right? Oh, I spent 10 years illegally in the U.S., but I didn't think it was irrelevant. And I didn't think it was relevant to my application because Canada is a whole different country. And then you have the application refused because, whoops, uh, you did not inform that you were, you know, illegally in the U.S. Yeah. for many years. So, um... Sometimes, you know, I, I feel like extra information is not going to hurt anybody. Mm -hmm. um, not everything will go in the application. Yeah. Right. Only the parts that are relevant will go in the application. Um, but your your representative needs to know, um, you know, we're like priests. We just hold on <laughs> to all of that information. Um, and, you know, they have to understand that we, like we're bound by confidentiality um we are not uh you know I, I feel like sometimes people don't understand what we do mm -hmm. um in the sense of oh if you know if my consultant gets mad at me they're gonna like tell the government you know that I'm doing this or that that's not it like we we have legal responsibility obviously to provide true information accurate information but we need to know we need to know everything uh to to better assist to be able to counsel the person correctly to be able to let them know like look you can't do this you know like you're i don't know in the worst case scenario you're overstay you're you're out of status you're working without authorization we need to be able to know these things to counsel the person and um help them you know correct their path using mm -hmm. true information accurate information in in their applications Absolutely. Yeah. Because to, to kind of just take this one step further, if there is something in the application that is not truthful, mm -hmm. intentionally or unintentionally, um, that has serious consequences. It does. It can lead up to like a five-year ban. So yeah. 
working with a representative, we understand the consequences and, and yeah. we are trying to just help you um, navigate the, the immigration the system. System. That's our job. Yeah. yeah, that's our job. So we're yeah. like, we are here to help. And I think, yeah, in summary, I think clear communication, being open and, and, and flexible with working with someone, I think is a really good way of yeah. working with a representative. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. maintaining expectations. I think maintaining expectations at a reasonable level. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, sometimes people come to us um, thinking that we're just, you know, we're miracle workers. Mm-hmm. Like we we navigate a system that has clear bounds mm-hmm. and we have to fit you in within the system. So we can't create something that doesn't exist. You know, we can't, if if there's no application forward for you, there's no application forward for you. There's no path for you. There's no path for you. Our job is to say, hey, perhaps if you adjust this, or if you adjust that, you know, I don't know, get a higher English score or do this or try to get a job this way or that way. Uh, but we're not just going to, you know, cre- do a miracle and uh, create a, a magic yeah. solution. Yeah. And all of a sudden you have citizenship. It, it There is there yeah. certain pathways and we have to stay on Within the bounds. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been running your own business for about five years now, would you years, say? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what advice do you have for those who are newly registered immigration consultants and they're just entering into the legal field? Brace yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tighten your seatbelts and brace yourself for the ride. Um, yeah I don't know I I feel like um I wish I had had more support when I started um I think now the regulatory body is you know beginning with things like mentorship and um I was you know I was forced to create my own mentorship and and create my own network and um go after the people that were able to help me mm-hmm. um so y- you need to if you need to work under somebody work under somebody if you need to take extra courses take extra courses uh, what you cannot do is just jump in unsupported yeah you know um because it, it's such a great responsibility and sometimes i see new representatives who don't really have a clear picture of the system mm-hmm. i i remember the first thing i did and i did this when i was studying for my exam is i created this big flow chart of all the different programs and all the different applications and i put arrows and like how things connected to each other to to understand you have to understand what the system is yeah uh, to be to be able to navigate it you know you don't go in blind so if you're a new representative and you don't have experience, ask for help mm-hmm. um, and go in it for the right reasons. You know, yeah. like it, it, I feel like a lot of people have this, oh, I'm going to go make a lot of money. No, you're not like you can, but this is this should not be your primary goal. Your primary goal should be to be competent. Yes. To know your stuff, to go in. Uh, knowing what you're doing and the money will come after you know if you're good so um yeah I I unfortunately I have like and I I like to mentor people and I do have a little group of consultants that I mentor and a lot of them are are younger consultants in terms of time of license 
and uh, you know I've held their hands once in a while like <laughs> no you don't do that so you do that mm. um and I think that's important I think I actually really like the the mentorship initiative because I I feel like that's that should be a must everybody when they're licensed they should go through a certain amount of hours of internship or supervised I don't know something like that yeah well lawyers have articling exactly um, paralegals have to do a placement okay um, and immigration consultants I mean maybe it's changed with the new um educational pathways in the universities but it's like possible. I, yeah I don't know what it looks like yeah yeah but when I did it and I'm sure when you do it there there wasn't like a placement component to it nothing so it really is all textbook knowledge which you and I both know when it comes to yeah and the job is practical it's yeah. 100% practical sure you can know your law you can know your guides but then when it comes down to it it's your practitioner yes so it, you know you have to be able you have the you have these these pieces of this puzzle of this person's life mm -hmm. and you have the system and you need to know how to fit in with it and then like I've had people um that had you know gotten their license and everything and gone how do I estimate an application for a visitor visa mm -hmm. zero practical experience yeah you know like people didn't even know they could have a portal you know they've been a consultant for two years they still don't have their own portal um so I feel like it that's that's actually a gap in our education mm -hmm. and I think they're addressing it and I think it's great Mm -hmm. um but even if you didn't have that people should look for that on their own and I, like I was looking for that and unfortunately I didn't have it because just because of the location where I am at yeah. back then you know whole the whole working from home situation wasn't common so even the immigration law firms that I looked for in Montreal they were not able to house me you know from distance yeah. so I ended up having to learn on my own and looking for my own mentors and and thankfully I succeeded in finding people that were you know willing to hold my hand mm -hmm. until I was able to um ride my bike on my own but it's that's what it is yeah. that's really what it is you have people's hands in your life uh, yeah. you have people's you have people's lives in your hands yeah yeah and to just kind of take this conversation one step further because I do think this is really important um practically speaking you're a new representative you want to gain experience but you don't know how one way of doing this is is literally looking online finding someone that works in the type like works with the type of applications that you want to work on mm -hmm. and just cold email them yeah. I have received so many emails from paralegals yeah from, hey I've seen your website I'm wondering if we could have a quick chat yeah. And I always say yes, because yeah. like you, I, I want to help my yeah. fellow colleagues. Yeah. So I think that's one really like practical tip we can give people listening to this episode is that like, don't be scared to reach out to your fellow colleagues. Like we're yeah. in it together. Absolutely. Um, I feel like a lot of people are willing to have these conversations and, yeah. and don't be scared to say, Hey, um, I want to learn more. You're not, yeah. can I, can I do a free internship for you for three months yeah. or do you have a part-time position to offer? You know, that's totally fine. I, I did that with, um, I have a, I have another consultant that works with me and she was actually my client. So she evolved mm -hmm. from client to 
consultant colleague to you know working with me directly and uh, we did that we did a free internship and um you know that's totally fine and you have to I think there's also um a lot of people that are more I don't know how to explain if they're they're super like money oriented they'll go like oh but she's my competitor I'm not gonna you know like the competition like there is no competition let's be clear with this yeah we work in an industry that has such a high demand that there is no space for competition like it's just there's work that the the amount of work is endless Mm -hmm. um so if you're if you're good at your job the work is gonna come to you you don't even need to go after it because it's it, it's it's huge. The industry is huge, and there's so many people in need of help. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of these barriers, you know, that people create, it's because they don't understand that that mm-hmm. you can just be open with it. Like if, if you come to ask me a question about a file, I will answer, and I will, you know, if I see somebody has, I will I will ask the same question. Mm-hmm. Um. If, if I see someone, you know, has the experience and typical thing that I need help with, um, that's totally fine. Like people shouldn't be afraid to, to, to reach out to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think one point to just really highlight is that you're right. This is not, yeah. I don't see other professionals as com- competition. I yeah, see them as neither. resources. I see them as valuable resources. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> um, like we're in this together. We're in this madness together. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. We're absolutely. in a boat that is sinking and we, <laughs> you know, all have our little mugs of, to take the water out. So we need to hold hands and help each other because it's not easy. It's so true. It's so true. <laughs> um, so you've been working in the legal industry again for a while now. Um, if you could change anything with a wave of the wand, what would you change? Hmm. <laughs> Just one thing. Um, if you'd like. Yeah, I mean, I. Yeah, I, how do I say this without stepping on toes? Um, I think Canada is a great country to live in, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't change it for a second. And as an immigrant myself, I don't regret it. Every single day of my life, I wake up and I'm thankful that I live in Canada. And unfortunately, in the last three, four years, um, our immigration ministry has declined in terms of transparency and quality of customer service and, you know, the backlogs and everything like that. It hurts me personally, uh, because I feel like people choose Canada for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I have chosen to be an immigration practitioner for a reason. I love my job. I love my country. I love my clients. But a lot of the times my job is, you know, there's a barrier to what so much I can do because of how our immigration ministry is handling things. Mm-hmm. So that to me, like sometimes I say that I'm in a toxic relationship with IRCC Cause it's just, it's true. Like I can't live without it. Mm-hmm. My clients cannot live without it, but we don't necessarily have all the support that we, that we need and yeah. the people. need. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, there is a backlog because of COVID, but yeah. 
there was a backlog before and there was really long wait times before. Um, and I agree where things were more smooth. It was more smooth. You know, you could call the call center. You Mm -hmm. could get an answer on a web form. You could like the worst, it was better. Mm-hmm. I call it the good old days when we were happy and we didn't know it. Um, even though we complained, it's nothing compared to what we live today. For the past six months, I have not been able to get an agent on the phone. Yeah. Just can't. Like Every time I call, it just it just doesn't go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- there's a lot of lack of transparency. And I think these are things that a lot of people have been voicing. Mm-hmm. Um, these things have been going out there even politicians themselves you know are talking about these things mm-hmm. so I, I just wish you know it was a little better mm-hmm. for everyone yeah yeah I completely agree um last question and I always ask this question at the end of my podcast um what one piece of advice would you give your 18 year old self my 18 year old self was intense (laughs) (laughs) so I would tell her that it will be okay and um, you just need to relax a bit and uh, you know just follow your dreams and that's fine you'll be fine yeah Yeah. I did a recent interview um, with Erin O'Rourke who's an immigration lawyer Um, and she said, you know, when you're 18, you feel like every decision is the decision that's just going to change everything in your life. Yeah. It's so true. And I I completely agree. I feel like if you're 18 years old and you're listening to this, like just relax, like it will be okay. It'll be fine. (laughs) It'll be fine. Yeah. We are, I mean, even now, like, you know, in my thirties and I have a son and like, you know, my, my life has expanded so much more than when I was 18. Um, but we have to be nice to ourselves. I feel like we're, you know, a lot of us, we're intense and I'm an intense person and I don't do anything lightly. And sometimes just like, just, you know, take a step back, just relax a bit. I, I can still follow that advice I could still use that advice yeah (laughs) same same (laughs) well thank you so much for coming and and having this conversation with me I really enjoyed it and I hope anyone that's listening enjoyed it as well um can you let us know where people can find you if they want to work with you sure they can find me on um I am going to canada.ca wonderful all right (laughs) for, for joining me today You're very welcome.